Section 7 of the Natural History, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria James, The Natural History, Volume 6 by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 7, Book 27, Chapters 57 to 92. Chapter 57 Galeopsis, Galeodolin, or Galen, Six Remedies. Galeopsis, or as some call it, Galeobdolin, or Galleon, is a plant with a stem and leaves like those of the nettle, only smaller, and which, when bruised, emit a powerful smell. The flower is purple, and the plant is found growing everywhere, about hedges and footpaths. The leaves and stems, bruised in vinegar and applied topically, are curative of indurations, carcinomata, and scrofulous sores. They disperse also inflammatory tumors, impostums of the parotid glands, and it is found a useful plan to foment the parts affected with a decoction of them. Applied with salt, this plant is curative of putrid ulcers and gangrenous sores. Chapter 58. The Glocks, One Remedy. The Glocks was known in ancient times as the Eugalatin. In the leaves, it resembles the cytisus and the lentil, only that they are whiter beneath. The branches, five or six in number, are extremely thin and, springing from the root, creep upon the ground, with small purple blossoms upon them. This plant is found in localities near the sea. It is boiled in a pottage made of similago to increase the milk. Females, however, after taking it, must immediately use the bath. Chapter 59. Glossian. Three remedies. Diaglossia. Two remedies. Glossian grows in Syria and Parthia. It is a plant of stunted growth and thickly covered with leaves, like those of the poppy in appearance, only smaller and of a more repulsive aspect. It has an offensive smell and a bitter astringent taste. The seed, which is of a saffron color, is put into a vessel coated with potter's clay and heated in an oven. When taken out, a juice is extracted, which is known by the same name as the plant. This juice and the leaves, bruised, are used for defluxions of the eyes, which disappear in an instant. Under this treatment, an eye salve, too, is prepared from the juice, known as diaglossia, to medical men. The milk, when the secretion of it is stopped, is restored by the agency of this plant, for which purpose it is taken in water. Chapter 60. The Glycysid, Paeonea or Pentorobus, Twenty Remedies. The Glycysid, by some called Paeonea or Pentorobus, has a stem two cubits in length, accompanied by two or three others, and of a reddish color with a bark like that of the laurel. The leaves are similar to those of Isatus, but more unctuous, rounder, and more diminutive. The seed is enclosed in capsules, some being red and some black, there being two varieties of the plant, 
the female plant is generally thought to be the one to the root of which some six or eight bulbs are attached of an elongated form those of the male plant being more in number as it throws out more roots than one a palm in length and of a white color it has also an astringent taste the leaves of the female plant smell like myrrh and lie closer together than those of the male both plants grow in the woods and they should always be taken up at night it is said as it would be dangerous to do so in the daytime the woodpecker of mars being sure to attack the eyes of the person so engaged it is stated also that the person while taking up the root runs great risk of being attacked with proceedings of the anus all this however i take to be so much fiction most frivolously invented to puff off their supposed marvellous properties both plants are used for various purposes the red seed taken in red wine about fifteen in number rest menstruation while the black seed taken in the same proportion in either raisin nor other wine are curative of diseases of the uterus the root taken in wine allays all kinds of pains in the bowels and acts as a purgative it cures opisthotony also jaundice nephritic diseases and afflictions of the bladder boiled in wine it is used for diseases of the trachea and stomach and acts astringently upon the bowels it is eaten also by beasts of burden but when wanted for remedial purposes four drachmae are sufficient the black seed is useful as a preventative of nightmare being taken in wine in number above stated it is very good too to eat this seed and to apply it externally for gnawing pains of the stomach superations are also dispersed when recent with the black seed and when of long standing with the red both kinds are very useful too for wounds inflicted by serpents and in cases where children are troubled by calculi being employed at the crisis when strangury first makes its appearance chapter sixty one nephalium or camazolum six remedies nephalium is called camazolum by some its white soft leaves are used as flock and indeed there is no perceptible difference this plant is administered in astringent wine for dysentery it arrests looseness of the bowels and the catamenia and is used as an injection for tenesmus it is employed topically for putrid sores chapter sixty two the galidraga one remedy xenocrates gives the name of galidraga to a plant which resembles the leucocanthus and grows in the marshes it is a prickly plant with a tall ferulaceous stem surmounted with a head somewhat similar to an egg in appearance when this head is growing in summer small worms he says are generated which are put away in a box for keeping and are attached as an amulet with bread to the arm on the side on which toothache is felt indeed it is quite wonderful he says how soon the pain is removed these worms however are of no use after the end of a year or in cases where they have been allowed to touch the ground chapter sixty three holcus or aristus 
Holcus is a plant that grows in arid, stony spots. It has an ear at the end of a fine stem, and looks like barley that has put forth again when cut. Attached to the head or around the arm, it extracts spikes of corn adhering to the flesh, for which reason some persons give it the name of Aristus. Chapter 64 Hyoceros, One Remedy Hyoceros resembles endive in appearance, but is a smaller plant and rougher to the touch. Pounded and applied to wounds, it heals them with remarkable rapidity. Chapter 65 The Holostian, Three Remedies The Holostian, so called by the Greeks by way of antiphrasis, in the same way that they give the name of sweet to the gall, is a plant destitute of all hardness, of such extreme fineness as to resemble hairs in appearance, four fingers in length, and very similar to hay grass. The leaves of it are narrow, and it has a rough flavor. It grows upon elevated spots composed of humus. Taken in wine, it is used for ruptures and convulsions. It has the property, also, of closing wounds. Indeed, if applied to pieces of meat, it will solder them together. Chapter 66 The Hippophaston Right Remedies The Hippophaston is one of those prickly plants which fullers use in their coppers. It has neither stem nor flower, but only diminutive empty heads, numerous leaves of a grass-green color, and small soft white roots. From these roots, a juice is extracted in summer, which, taken in doses of three oboli, acts as a purgative, being used for this purpose in cases of epilepsy, fits of trembling, dropsy, vertigo, hardness of breathing, and incipient paralysis. Chapter 67 11. The Hypoglossa, One Remedy The Hypoglossa is a plant with leaves like those of the wild myrtle, of a concave form, prickly, and presenting another small leaf within, resembling a tongue in shape. A wreath made of these leaves, placed upon the head, alleviates headache. Chapter 68 Hypocoon Hypocoon is a plant found growing in cornfields, with leaves like those of rue. Its properties are similar to those of juice of poppies. Chapter 69 The Idea Herba, or Plant of Ida Four Remedies the Idean plant has leaves like those of the oxymyrcine, to which leaves a sort of tendril adheres that bears a flower. This plant arrests diarrhea, the catamenia, when in excess, and all kinds of hemorrhage. It is of an astringent and repercussive nature. Chapter 70 The Isopyron, or Phaseolin, Two Remedies the isopyron is called phaseolin by some, from the circumstance that the leaf of it, which resembles that of anise, assumes a spiral form like the tendrils of the phaseolus. At the summit of the stem it bears small heads full of a seed like that of melanthium. These heads, taken with honey or hydromel, are good for cough and other affections of the chest. They are extremely useful also for liver complaints. Chapter 71 The Lathyrus Two Remedies 
the lathyrus has numerous leaves like those of the lettuce with numbers of small buds in which the seed is contained enclosed in envelopes like that of the caper when these buds are dry the seeds about the size of a peppercorn are taken out they are white sweet and easily cleansed from the husk twenty of them taken in pure water or in hydromel are curative of dropsy and carry off bile persons who require a stronger purgative take them with the husks on they are apt however to be injurious to the stomach for which reason a plan has been adopted of taking them with fish or else chicken broth chapter seventy two the leontoptalon or pardalion two remedies the leontoptalon is called pardalion by some it has a leaf like that of the cabbage and a stem half a foot in length with numerous lateral branches and a seed at the extremities of them enclosed in pods like those of the chickpea the root resembles that of rape and is large and black it grows in ploughlands the root taken in wine neutralizes the venom of all kinds of serpents indeed there is nothing known that is more speedily efficacious for that purpose it is given also for sciatica chapter seventy three the lycopsis two remedies the lycopsis has longer and thicker leaves than those of lettuce and a long hairy stem with numerous offshoots a cubit in length the flower is diminutive and of a purple color it grows in champagne localities in combination with barley meal it is used as an application for erysipelas the juice of it mixed with warm water is employed as a sudorific in fevers chapter seventy four the lithospermum exonychon diospyron or heraclios two remedies among all the plants however there is none of a more marvelous nature than the lithospermum sometimes called exonychon diospyron or heraclios it is about five inches in height with leaves twice the size of those of rue and small ligneous branches about the thickness of a rush it bears close to the leaves a sort of fine beard or spike standing by itself on the extremity of which there are small white stones as round as a pearl about the size of a chickpea and as hard as a pebble these stones at the part where they adhere to the stalk have a small cavity and contain a seed within this plant is found in italy no doubt but that of crete is the most esteemed among all the plants there is none that i ever contemplated with greater admiration than this so beauteous is the conformation that it might be fancied that the hand of an artist had arranged a row of lustrous pearls alternately among the leaves so exquisite too the nicety in thus making a stone to grow upon a plant the authorities say that this is a creeping plant and that it lies upon the ground but for my own part i have only seen it when plucked and not when growing it is well known that these small stones taken in doses of one drachma 
in white wine break and expel urinary calculi and are curative of strangury indeed there is no plant that so instantaneously proclaims at the mere sight of it the medicinal purposes for which it was originally intended the appearance of it too is such that it can be immediately recognized without the necessity of having recourse to any botanical authority chapter seventy five lapidus muscus or stone moss one remedy there grows near running streams a dry white moss upon ordinary stones one of these stones with the addition of human saliva is rubbed against another after which the first stone is used for touching impetigo the party so doing uttering these words cantharides be gone a wild wolf seeks your blood chapter seventy six the limium one remedy limium is the name given by the gauls to a plant in a preparation of which known to them as deer's poison they dip their arrows when hunting to three modi of salivating mixture they put as much of the plant as is used for poisoning a single arrow and a mess of it is passed down the throat in cases where oxen are suffering from the disease due care being taken to keep them fastened to the manger till they have been purged as they are generally rendered frantic by the dose in case perspiration supervenes they are drenched all over with cold water chapter seventy seven the loose mesolucon or lucus three remedies loose a plant resembling mercurialis has received its name from the circumstance that a white line runs through the middle of the leaf for which reason also some give it the name of mesolucon the juice of this plant is curative of fistula and the plant itself bruised is good for carcinomata it is probably the same plant as that called lucus so remarkably efficacious for the venom of all kinds of marine animals authors have not given a description of it beyond telling us that the wild lucus has larger leaves than the other and has properties more strongly developed they state also that the seed of the cultivated kind is the more acrid of the two chapter seventy eight the leucographis five remedies i have not found a description given by any writer of the leucographis a thing i am the more surprised at as they tell us that it is good for the cure of spitting of blood taken in doses of three oboli with saffron as also that it is useful for celiac affections applied beaten up in water and in cases of excessive menstruation they state also that it enters into the composition of ophthalmic preparations and that it fills up ulcers on the more tender parts of the body with new flesh chapter seventy nine twelve the median three remedies the median has leaves like those of the cultivated cirrus a stem three feet in length and a large round purple flower at its extremity the seed is diminutive and the root half a foot in length 
it grows upon umbrageous sheltered rocks the root taken in doses of two drachma with honey arrests the catamania the electuary being used for some days the seed too is administered in wine for a similar purpose chapter eighty the myosota or myosotis three remedies the myosota or myosotis is a smooth plant throwing out from a single root numerous hollowed stems of a somewhat reddish color and bearing at the lower extremities swarthy narrow oblong leaves sharp on the back arranged in pairs at regular distances and springing from delicate branches attached with axials to the main stems the flower is blue and the root a finger in length is provided with numerous filaments like hairs this plant possesses certain septic and ulcerating properties and hence is used for the cure of fistula of the eye the egyptians say that if upon the morning of the twenty-eighth day of their month thoth a day which generally falls in our month of august a person rubs himself with the juice of this plant before speaking to any one he will be sure to have no diseases of the eyes all that year chapter eighty one the myagras one remedy the myagras is a ferulaceous plant with leaves like those of matter the seed is of an oily nature indeed an oil is extracted from it ulcerations of the mouth are cured by rubbing them with the juice of this plant chapter eighty two the nema one remedy the plant called nema bears three long leaves like those of andive applied to scars it restores the skin to its natural color chapter eighty three the natrix one remedy natrix is the name of a plant the root of which when taken out of the ground has just the rank smell of the he-goat it is used in piscinum for the purpose of keeping away from females what with a singular credulity they call by the name of fatui for my own part however i should think that persons requiring to be treated with such medicaments as these must be laboring under a sort of mental hallucination chapter eighty four odontitis one remedy odontitis is a sort of hay grass which throws out from a single root numerous small jointed stems of a triangular form and of a swarthy hue at the joints there are small leaves somewhat longer than those of the polygonus and in the axils formed by these leaves is the seed similar to barley in appearance it has a purple diminutive flower and is found growing in meadows a handful of the stems boiled in astringent wine is used for the cure of toothache the decoction being retained for some time in the mouth chapter eighty five the athana one remedy the athana is a syrian plant resembling rocket in appearance its leaves are pierced with numerous holes and its flower resembles that of saffron for which reason some persons have given it the name of anemone the juice of this plant is employed in ophthalmic preparations it is slightly pungent of a warming nature and astringent as it dries it acts as a detergent upon cicatrizations films on the eyes and all impediments of the sight 
Some say that the plant is washed and dried and then divided into lozenges. Chapter 86. The Anasma. One property. The anasma has leaves some four fingers in length, lying upon the ground and indented like those of the anchusa. It has neither stem, blossom, nor seed. A pregnant woman, they say, if she eats of this plant, or even walks over it, will be sure to miscarry. Chapter 87. The Anoporin, Five Remedies. The Anoporin, it is said, has strongly carminative effects upon asses when they eat of it. It acts as a diuretic and as an amenagogue, arrests diarrhea, and disperses abscesses and separations. Chapter 88. The Osiris, Four Remedies. The Osiris bears small, swarthy, flexible branches covered with dark leaves like those of flax. The seed, which grows upon the branches, is black at first, but afterwards changes its color and turns red. Cosmetics for females are prepared from these branches. A decoction of the roots taken in drink is curative of jaundice. The roots, cut in pieces before the seed ripens and dried in the sun, act astringently upon the bowels. Gathered after the seed has ripened and boiled in pottage, they are curative of defluxions of the abdomen. They are taken also by themselves, bruised in rainwater. Chapter 89. The Oxys. Two Remedies. The Oxys is a plant with three leaves. It is given for derangement of the stomach, and patients eat it who are suffering from intestinal hernia. Chapter 90. The Polyanthemum, or Batrachion. Three Remedies. The Polyanthemum, by some persons called Batrachion, by virtue of its caustic properties, has an excoriating effect upon scars and restores the skin to its proper color. It heals white morphew also. Chapter 91. The Polygonus, Polygonatos, Tuthalus, Carcinethron, Clima, or Myrtopetalos, otherwise known as Sanguinaria or Orios, four varieties of it, forty remedies. The Greeks give the name of Polygonus to the plant known to us as Sanguinaria. It is but little elevated above the ground, has leaves like those of rue, and resembles grass in appearance. The juice of it, injected into the nostrils, arrests hemorrhage. Taken with wine, it has a similar effect upon bleeding at any other part of the body, as also spitting of blood. Those who distinguish several kinds of polygonus make this to be the male plant, and say that it is so called from the large number of seeds, or else from its numerous branches. Some call it polygonatos, from the number of its joints, others, again, tuthalus, and others, carcinethron, clima, or myrtopetalos. There are some authorities to be found, however, who say that this is the female plant, and that the male is more diminutive, less swarthy, and more jointed, with a seed protruding beneath all the leaves. However this may be, these plants are of an astringent, cooling nature. 
The seed is laxative and, taken in large doses, acts as a diuretic and arrests defluxions. Indeed, if there is no defluxion, it is of no use taking it. For burning heats of the stomach, the leaves are applied topically, and they are used in the form of a liniment for pains in the bladder and for erysipelas. The juice is used as an injection for separations of the ears and by itself for pains in the eyes. It is administered also in fevers, tertian and quartan fevers more particularly, in doses of two sciathi, just before the paroxysms come on, as also in cases of cholera, dysentery, and derangement of the stomach. There is a third kind which grows on the mountains and is known as orias, similar to a delicate reed in appearance, and having but a single stem with numerous joints running into one another. The leaves of it are similar to those of the pitch tree, and the root is never used. This variety, however, is not so efficacious as those already mentioned, and indeed is used exclusively for sciatica. A fourth kind is known as the wild polygonus. It is a shrub, almost a tree in fact, with a ligneous root, a red trunk like that of the cedar, and branches resembling those of spartum, a couple of palms in length, and with three or four dark-colored knotted joints. This kind also is of an astringent nature, and has a flavor like that of the quince. It is either boiled down in water to one-third, or else dried and powdered for sprinkling upon ulcerations of the mouth and excoriations. It is chewed also for affections of the gums. It arrests the progress of corrosive ulcers, and of all sores of a serpiginous nature, or which cicatrice with difficulty, and is particularly useful for ulcerations caused by snow. Herbalists employ it also for quinsy, and use it as a chaplet for headache. For defluxions of the eyes, they put it around the neck. In cases of tertian fever, some persons pull it up with the left hand and attach it as an amulet to the body. The same, too, in cases of hemorrhage. There is no plant that is more generally kept by them in a dry state than the polygonus. End of section 7